every setback is a setup for a comeback. Mm-hmm. And you have to remember that. Hello, we are here at Sun Sounds of Arizona in Flagstaff, Arizona, and welcome to episode 28 of Untamed Shrews Women Talk Theater, presented by the Flagstaff Shakespeare Festival. I'm Dawn. And I'm Becky. And I'm Hannah. Today, we have our first repeat guest ever, mm. Raquel McKenzie. Yeah, yeah. Raquel is our equality and casting director at Flagstaff Shakespeare Festival, and she is here to talk with us about our upcoming spring play, Single Black Female by Lisa B. Thompson, as well as discuss the insights of a casting director. And honestly, I just want to learn how I can have just an ounce of that gal's confidence. But <laughs> before we chat with Raquel, Shrews, how the hell are you? <laughs> Wow. I am. How am I? I feel like I've hit the phase of motherhood where I can't remember anything. Oh, no. And how I'm doing. Uh, I mean, I think I'm doing good. We're having a lot of fun um, this Mm. week. Um, My husband's transitioning jobs. And so that has been insane because he's working two jobs. Um, and all my childcare is out of town. Oh. Hannah swooped in and helped on Tuesday and hung out with Blake. And that was awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've just been like momming hardcore, like, you know, like story time at the library and like yep. Yep. indoor play gym at the gymnastics place. Ooh. And like, what else did we do yesterday? We did like 20 things yesterday where I was like, <laughs> whoa, look at me momming. Look at me momming. Um, so- Look at you get yeah, I really feel like that's what I'm mostly doing <laughs> right now. Yeah. Um, Black Shakes is in our season where all of the work is on Raquel for the moment. Mm. Um, so <laughs> got her on to talk about that. But like, really, she's driving everything that's happening at the moment. because It's Prepping all for the season. Casting and getting yeah. prepped and all that jazz. So yeah, I think I'm doing pretty good. Hanging okay. in there. Yay. <laughs> good. Yay. I'm glad to hear. How about you, Becky? Um, doing pretty okay. Um, I spring feels like mm. oh, it's just within reach. It's so close. Um, yeah, I feel like um, I think the last time I gave an update, I mentioned that I went to the ER for mm. a four mm-hmm. hour plus nosebleed for your snoot. Yes. Um, I did have another one of those. It was not four plus hours, and. But I did go to the ER, but mm. luckily it resolved itself. Good. So I did not need to leave with um, another rhino rocket. Um, <laughs> Up my nose. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the ER doctor was like, kind of like, are you sure? Like, it, your nosebleed could come back and you'll be right back here. And, and we're just like, like no. I will take those chances. <laughs> like, I will do everything in my power to not get that back up my nose. Um, yeah. yeah. I I feel like I've been kind of updating more so on like my emotions and less on like treatment stuff mm-hmm. um but i am i'm still in active treatment but i did finish radiation mm-hmm. which Yay. is kind of like another big um hurdle Milestone. yeah um so that feels really good to be finished with that mm-hmm. um yeah uh oh i went home this past weekend when we when we're recording this i went home for my sister's bridal shower mm-hmm. um in philly and that was just so nice to yeah. like like yeah, just to see her and kind of shower her with with all of our love, as mm-hmm. corny as that is. Um, but I know she was really um, she loved it and she was really appreciative. She just kept Good. saying like I, she was mm-hmm. just so thankful for like everyone who had a hand in planning it. And she's like, and before like we got to the day, she was like anything that like because I was talking to her about decorations and she was like 
I will love whatever it is. I'm just so thankful that like you're here doing yeah. doing this. Yeah. yeah. That's and so great. Yeah. And it was really nice to see some family who I haven't seen for a while. And yeah, I'm just I'm just Plugging looking away. forward to spring and summer. Mm, me too. Yeah, it's yeah. finally warm enough. Yeah. Oh, well Warm-ish. this isn't um this will happen after or before the podcast comes yes, out. Uh-huh. But I am doing the 24-hour theater fest with oh, Phoenix right. Theater Company as an actor. Yeah. Um, so it's my Phoenix debut. Yay. Oh, my gosh, it is. Yeah. How yeah. exciting. Yeah. So I'm going to miss it. I'm so sad. <laughs> yeah. Really? So it's all good. There will hopefully be many more yes. <laughs> to come. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. And what about you? I'm good. Literally days ago, I got back from Washington. I was there for two weeks doing my solo show at the Island Shakespeare Festival on Whidbey Island. And that was tons of fun. Um, I was definitely ready to be home, though, because it wasn't quite long enough to be there to feel like I was like there for a contract. Like, I live here now. (laughs) But it was like longer than a normal vacation. So I was just like, I want to eat food and like cook and like sleep in my bed. Yeah. So I was definitely ready to be home, but I had a lot of fun. And the show went really well. And to be honest, it's just been really great. There's just been so much good feedback on the show. So um, it just really means a lot to me. People really liked the show and it gave me a lot of new confidence. I kind of walked away from the musical theater world. Um, I, of course, still love it, but I was really focusing on Shakespeare. And after this show, I just really feel like people are like, Hannah, you can sing your face off. Like, what are you doing? Like, you need to be doing this more. So I've kind of been like, okay. Like, I had kind of felt like, I don't know, you kind of tell yourself you're not good enough, right? And I was just like, yeah, I'm not as good as other girls in the musical theater world. And that's kind of like how I walked away from college was like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm just not as good. Um, and I think that now that I'm a little bit older and my voice has changed a lot, like I'm an alto mezzo now, whereas like, back then like I was a high soprano but like you know I've your voice changes in your 20s so my voice has changed like I'm much more of a belter now so like my voice is just really different and Mm -hmm. so anyway um I just feel really good about the show and like what I can do so I've been kind of like re-throwing in some musical theater auditions in the mix whereas I was really only focusing on Shakespeare for many years so that's exciting and we are actually going to reproduce the show here in May lovely it it went really well uh in March in Winslow so we are gonna do uh a show in May here in Flagstaff at a lower price point uh so it's going to be really fun. So that's going to get Yay. get produced again. And I'm hoping to like kind of sell it to some theaters and stuff. So if you run a theater <laughs> somewhere and you want to bring me out for my show, please let me know. I would love to do it at your theater. <laughs> Hire I'm, you, gal. <laughs> I'm pretty cheap, to be honest. <laughs> so I would love to do that for you. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of like the big Amazing. thing. I'm going to go home as well next week for Easter and to meet my sister just had a baby. Um, so I'm going to meet the baby. I haven't met her yet. And she's my, I'm an auntie to five now. So excited to meet her. Her name is Birdie. <laughs> which is just precious so that's yeah. exciting gonna home gonna go home to california which it should be like really nice uh my sister lives at the beach so oh, it's gonna that. be a really pretty week hopefully <laughs> lots of baby snuggles and stuff love it. and um i f- i'm i'm back out there 
Uh, I'm <laughs> dating again. I had felt I went through a very big breakup in December, and uh, I just it just hit me like a week ago that I was like, I am ready again. So I'm just now. Great. Back on the scene. <laughs> so that's kind of exciting. I had a date this morning right before Ooh. we recorded, which yeah. I need to update you on. Yeah. yeah. I will not do it here, but <laughs> the mystery. Yeah. Well, okay, you can cut this if you don't want to keep no. it. But when you mentioned like, you know, your voice changes in your 20s, and you're like, my voice is lower. And all I could think of, and I kind of like bit back a smile. <laughs> The, your like, balls oh, I dropped? guess your balls did drop. Okay, everyone. <laughs> a guy commented on my Hinge profile in the distance of a photo. I'm in Sedona in front of Cathedral Rock. It's a very pretty photo. <laughs> it's like at the creek. It's gorgeous. And in the background, there's a tennis ball. <laughs> and he sent me a message that said, I see your balls dropped. <laughs> And I was like, do I hate this guy or is he hilarious? The jig is still out. Out? Jig is still out? The jig is. Anyway. Uh, the jury's out. Jig is out. <laughs> the jury is out. Ooh, the jig that is was out. a malapropism. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, combining two. Combining two. So yeah. anyway, the boys, they be out here. <laughs> it is it is a lawless country out on the dating It is apps. the <laughs> wild west here in Flagstaff. <laughs> Yeah. He was nice, though. Good. We good. went, we got coffee, and he was nice. But. Good, good. Woo. So, anywho, that's kind of like my big stuff. Lots of show stuff. Lots of traveling. Getting back out on the dating scene. Nice. Yeah. Good. Doing lots of aerial. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. It's happening. All righty. Cool. Well, we are going to jump on over with Raquel. Yeah. All right. We'll see you over there. Okay. Now we're gonna jump over to Raquel. You. A shrew crew have met Raquel before. <laughs> she is the Flag Shakes casting director. Um, and we're super excited to have her here, especially right on the heels of our auditions episode. So Woo. welcome, Yay. Raquel. Hi. Thank you. Hello. Thank you. So good to be back. <laughs> yeah, How's Raquel. Like our first repeat. Yes, first repeat <laughs> guest. <laughs> Feel yeah. special because you are special. <laughs> Why, thank you, <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Yay, I'm so yeah. glad you're here. How you doing? Yeah. You know what? I'm feeling really good today. I'm feeling full of energy. I took the dogs on a really cold walk this morning, and I think that <laughs> gave me a good boost. I've already cleaned the house and did a workout, so oh I am on top oh. of my game. Damn. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> it is only noon, folks. It is only noon. Raquel is taking over the world. <laughs> That's amazing. plunge. Yeah. Well, I'm so Um, glad you're here. We're really excited to have you back again. Today, we're going to talk about a few things, but we wanted to start with casting director stuff. So we just had our auditions episode, um, and it seemed to be a favorite. People really liked it. I personally felt very reinvigorated after that episode. Um, And so I thought it would be a nice pairing to have you come on just to talk about kind of what it's like on the other side of the table. I mean, you know, we three did talk about the experience that we have had, because of course, as theater producers, we are on the other side of the table sometimes. But now that we've hired you for the last few years, it is you now rather than more of like a team effort. You take that job. So you're you see everybody you watch every single video. We only watch the ones you need help with. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I would just love to chat about like, 
what you see as a casting director and things that can be helpful for the Shrew crew as they are auditioning and hoping to get hired? Yeah, I, you know, I love casting. Um, I've had like a little snippet of that in the past with other companies that I worked for for a long period of time. Um, this one's a little bit more different because we have, you know, very specific shows we are casting for and the needs change. I I love seeing people come in front of me because I'm like, oh, that's also me. Like I see myself. And one thing I think people have to remember is that I want you to succeed. Mm-hmm. Like when you get in front of a casting director or a director, they are rooting for you. They don't want you to mess up. They don't want you to do bad. So don't be nervous. Like I'm already on your side. Like I already want to cast you. I just need to see what mm-hmm. you can do. And that's really what uh, it comes down to. And I think sometimes people are like, well, why do we do monologues? Why don't have to do a monologue? Why can't I do this? And I received over a hundred videos. Wow. Side note, please be gentle with us. Cause I know <laughs> my inbox is, is full every day of actors like, Hey, Hey, do you remember me? Did you cast yet? And I'm like, I promise I am not ignoring you. I have over a hundred videos to, to watch yeah. on top of my other casting and equality work on top of working with two other theaters. I'm on top of being a woman in this world, yeah. taking care of a household. So, <laughs> and an actor yourself. Yeah. And oh, and also an actor. Yeah. So, <laughs> be kind to your directors and casting directors. We yeah. uh, did not forget about you. We are just also living life. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of my biggest things that I look for, uh, the reason why at least I asked for two different monologues and one could always be contemporary is because I want to see how you evolve and change. I want to see, can you do Shakespeare? What do you like when you do a contemporary play? Are you picking the exact same role when you're picking monologues? Or are they literally contrasting? It, it could be funny and dramatic. It could be a predominantly male role in a, versus a female role. It can be a variety of things. And I want to see how you transform in your voice, how you transform in your body, um, the texture and tone of your voice, the musicality of your voice, whether you're a singer or not. Uh, how does your body change? How does your overall aura and demeanor change when you switch from character to character? For me, that's important, especially with our summer shows, because more times than not, you will be playing more than one character, probably maybe like three or four, and they all can't be the same. So I want to see if you're capable of governing yourself in a way that you show me more than one side of you. And what are some of the things that sort of turn you off when you see someone in the room (laughs) or things like common mistakes I guess common mistakes so this one um my and Don might not agree with me but (laughs) I eye contact please do not look at me in the eyeball here's Mm. here's the thing okay I know like we can look at our 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 scene partners in the eye and a lot of time when we break the fourth wall we address the audience However, as the person trying to take notes, it is distracting for me because now I have to validate you that you're doing well instead of just watching you and taking notes. And now I've written no notes. And when I see 200 people, I'm like, wait, why did I not write notes about so-and-so? It's because I have to stare you back in the eye because you were staring (laughs) me in the eye and I didn't want to look away. So please. I don't disagree, Raquel. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, and for, for exactly the reason that you just noted, right? Like, you are not the audience, you're not the audience member who is sometimes their scene partner and you're not their scene partner. I've seen mm-hmm. other OP theaters do it where they have another person in the room who is there for the yeah. actor to interact oh. with so you can watch. But like, I think unless the casting director 
you know, or auditioner asks you Mm -hmm. for eye contact, you should absolutely avoid it. Yes, yes, please avoid it. It is awkward. Um, I think maybe the same thing for videos as well. I, I always say put your subject or whoever you're talking to either next to or right above your person. So they can be like right here, like right behind my head or behind my shoulder, or like right above my head. Same thing with your camera. Um, I think it's a little more forgiving when you're looking into the camera though, yeah. because I can always pause you and do things <laughs> like that. But in real life, I cannot pause you. <laughs> so um, that's something that um, for everyone auditioning, please don't look us in the eye. <laughs> so we'll turn to stone. I have a story. When I was younger, like still in middle school or maybe like very early high school, um, I auditioned for Oliver the Musical with like a local community theater. And I knew the director who was the one who was holding auditions. And I just like stared her down. I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I still think about how cringe that is. She's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's okay. Like, we didn't know. You, yeah. you have to live and learn to sign these things out. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, when you're submitting your, your videos, please do them horizontally. Mm-hmm. Please do them horizontally. The vertical just looks weird. I, I, I know it's hard because you want to get like your whole body in. And sometimes you got to move the camera yeah. back a little bit. But you have to adjust because when it pops yeah. up on my screen, every it, like it distorts things. I feel like I'm not seeing like a movie. Like I'm seeing like this Instagram reel right. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to see that. And also you'll stand out because 198 people did it horizontally and you were one of the two that did it vertically. Wait, and really? that's not standing out in a good way. Yeah. Like Whoa. there's always only two verticals and then like everyone else does horizontally. And I'm like, it doesn't stand out in a good way. It stands out in a huh. right. Mm, it just you it don't just know this out. thing. I wonder. Yeah. If, I wonder if like the rise of like TikTok and Instagram Reels has Change like changed that, that because. Uh, a while ago I dated somebody who was a videographer and he like something that has always stuck with me is like have you ever seen a movie that's vertical yeah and I'm like no wow that's like that was like a revelation but now that we have all of these little tiny mini movies that you can just scroll like yeah yeah that's interesting I didn't even think about that well I actually have a question about that so I agree horizontal is better I actually, though, like this is firsthand experience question of how to handle this. So there was one audition that I sent this audition season where they asked for full body. And I just don't have a house or a studio in which a horizontal can be far enough away to get my full body. So I hated it, but I had to record it vertically and it looked terrible and I hated it. But I was like, but this is what they asked for. They asked for full body and I physically don't have a house that I can do that in and I can't like afford to go rent a studio. So like, what would you suggest if someone has asked for full body, you know, like if you're just in your bedroom, like, you know, you're in a little studio apartment in New York City, what are you supposed to do if they've asked for full body and vertical is the only way? Like any suggestions there? I think if they ask for it, you get the job done no matter what. Yeah. So if it is vertical, you do it. I've been known, like I have a bigger space now, but I've been known to move all of my furniture right. to get the shot. Mm-hmm. Like I am pushing the bed. Yes. I am piling things on top of each other mm-hmm. in a corner yep. as <laughs> much as I, cause I mean, for me, especially if it's something I really want, yeah. I am going to find a way. And if at the very end, I cannot move enough stuff, 
verticals the way verticals what you're right. gonna get because if you want full body i'm gonna give you a full body right. yeah may not be super cute but i'm gonna give you what you want exactly and that's what's important yeah <laughs> and that like, was what completely. i was frustrated about because i was like this doesn't look very good but technically I just know that theaters would much prefer you to follow the rules. Like yeah. if they asked for shoulder up, give them shoulder up. If they asked for this or that, give them that. So I was like, I'm trying to follow your rules, but like I'm only a human with a house. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. it's the same thing with like headshots. Like yeah. send in the headshot unless we ask for the body shot. Right. Um, hmm. That kind of thing. Or send one where it, it looks like you, at least within the last year yeah. or two, versus from childhood in black and white but I know black and white was a big thing yeah I, I'm not as picky but color is the way to go yeah. yeah um nothing with like a bunch of stuff in the background if you can help it like stand against a door even with your cell phone iPhones are so great these days mm-hmm. even a selfie against the door is better than like a bunch of stuff in the background from 10 years ago yeah in my personal opinion. Yeah, totally. <laughs> my casting opinion. Yeah. And something that I find that I like need to constantly remind myself because I am like a they want this and yeah. it's like it's perfect and like this blah blah Package. blah. And then I'm like, oh, but they didn't give instruction on this. So if I do that, like is that gonna count against me? Blah blah blah. Yeah. And I'm like something that I try to remind myself is like at the under uh, at the other end of this is a person. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. like they're not gonna be as rigid as I think think they're going to be you know like because we're all still humans yeah yeah <laughs> like yeah we're gonna really get things wrong trying your best I think is like the even I as a person who's been doing this for years I just had an audition and I was like oh no I, I prepared one monologue really well and then they were like oh can we see another and I was like crap I've been doing so much Shakespeare all I have is Shakespeare and they were like that's fine I'm like is it fine are you sure it's fine you guys don't do Shakespeare <laughs> And then I did it and I was feeling so bad. And the next day I literally get like a, a message on Facebook, like, oh my God, my boss loves you. Like you did a really great job. Aww. And I was like freaking out. And I think we have to remember that we're never as bad as we think we are. <laughs> like we all want to be perfect. We all want to be great. And sometimes if you don't get cast, it's not because you're not good. It's because you just weren't right for that part or for the moment um, and I saw that firsthand when I had my grad school audition. I went, I did not get in. I did not cry. Do not cry for me, Argentina. <laughs> because I met with the head of the department and she basically said that I would be wasting my time in a three-year program. Like, why would I be wasting time in a program when I can just go get it now yeah. and I have what it takes? So sometimes you just have to position yourself and be like, this is not for me right now. Or maybe it's not for me. I've already passed it. This thing over here will be for me. Um, and something that my mom used to say, my pastor says, my dad says, every setback is a setup for a comeback. Mm-hmm. And you have to remember that. I love that. Yeah. Every setback is a setup for a comeback. Ooh, yeah. that's right. I'm going to yeah. like put that in like fancy lettering on our Instagram. <laughs> yes. Yes. Remember <laughs> that's, like, that. Basically the entire <laughs> premise of my one woman show. Like you don't know what's happening. Like when one door closes, a window opens, you don't know necessarily what's coming down the pike, but like the world or God or whatever you believe in is setting you up for something. And if you didn't get something, it was meant to be that way. And it will, it's yeah. It'll reveal itself. It's leaving you open for something else because if you got the thing you weren't supposed to have, then you wouldn't be available for the thing you were supposed to have. So I agree. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. It, it will find you. I can't, like there's so many just stories in my head where I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, this bad thing happened. And I was like, what am I going to do? And God was like, hold on, just give me mm-hmm. one week. I got you. <laughs> and immediately I booked like one of the biggest things I could have booked yes. at that time. Things will happen for you. Yeah. And I just did a poetry event. So I'm, I'm babbling because I feel like I'm like preaching right now because I oh, want people to understand. Preach away. Preach away. Yeah. <laughs> we are your church. <laughs> <laughs> that Shrew things church. will happen, right? And so I, I got, I did this uh, poetry event and I almost didn't go because I had to, I wrote a new piece and I was like, man, it's not memorized. And that's not me. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. the person that shows up, not memorized, but I said, I'm going to do it anyways. And one of my good friends is there who's also doing like poetry. And I was like, oh, I didn't know you were here. And part of his poem was every day I'm not losing, I'm destined to win. And he said, every morning I wake up, I say it again. Every day I'm not losing, I'm destined to win. And that has been my motto since that day. All these crazy things. I've had to learn Macbeth in less than nine days Mm -hmm. while having COVID for my other company. Mm -hmm. I had to bartend one day by myself because everyone called out sick for 110 people. And I was like, you know what? This is just a setup for a comeback. Mm -hmm. And every day I'm not losing, I am destined to win. And the more you think that, the more you realize, here's a test. All I have to do is just pass it. That's it. It's a test. Let's pass it. Here's a test. Let's pass it. Mm-hmm. Um, so with the audition, it's a test and whatever happens, you're going to pass it. Either you'll get something else or you'll get what you came for. Mm-hmm. And that's what it comes down to. Oh, damn my gal. <laughs> I, I can't remember if we talked about it on the audition episode, but I think the other thing to keep in mind when you don't get a part is that just so much more goes into casting than whether or not you're a good actor. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. like, you know, you could, you could be the best actor that they, that the casting team saw that day and it's not going to work. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, there's so many things that go into casting that are like unknown to you mm-hmm. and are complicated on the other end. And it's just like, you know, it could be, it could be as simple as like, you know, you were talking about us always casting in repertory. It could be as simple as we have the best part for you in one of the shows, but we don't have part for you in the other show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, the, yeah. And, and mm-hmm. that could mean we don't cast you. And, and we were just talking about an actor trying to find a spot for him in our staff meeting yesterday. And you were like, you know, this is the actor, this is their, you know, age range and their acting range, but we don't have a part for them. And, you know, we have a part for them in Romeo and Juliet, but we don't have a part for them in Twelfth Night. And like, mm-hmm. we were able to like move some things around and figure it out, but you can't always do that. And mm-hmm. it sometimes has nothing to do with yeah housing money traveling housing is another thing and i think for anyone who's auditioning for flag shakes realize that you are probably an amazing actor and there's 200 of you (laughs) and you have to also fit the role but you also have to fit into two shows and sometimes you have to live closer than further away and then also the amount of money has to also be right for you and us like yeah it's not just being a good actor it's so many things so if you don't get it please do not think it's not because you're a good actor there are just multiple layers of things that go into it yeah I want to know about resumes we didn't really <laughs> talk about resumes or head you kind of talked about headshots but in the audition episode yeah. we we really talked more about like the actual audition and like yeah. emailing a little bit but I want to hear the tea on resumes are they terrible <laughs> are they like are you looking at them are like are they a shit show what are you looking for okay so let me give you the tea <laughs> grab your teacups grab your teacups I- 
I have a friend who also told me how much he hates resumes because no one reads them. Sweetheart, honey, I will read your resume. Yes, okay. Yeah. If there's one thing I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to look at your photo. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see if it matches what you look like now on your yeah. Instagram or your Facebook or whatever, or in your video, I'm going to read your resume. I'm going to look for other roles. If I know mm-hmm. the role, like, Hmm, or I'm going to look for anybody know. I know, yes, people, people I know. know, I'm going to looking at the theaters, the resumes that I do not like are the ones that just look like paragraphs. Mm. They, mm. oh, they drive my brain mad because I'm such an organized person that it, it drives me mad. So I, I like when they look pretty standard, the name of the show, mm-hmm. the character you played. For me, I prefer the theater, but if you want to put whoever the, the director was, that's fine too. I prefer the theater because I know like if you worked with a theater in Chicago or a theater here, and those are some of my hometowns, I'm like, oh, I can, I can call them up. I'm like, hey, you worked with so-and-so, great. And if they're like, I don't know who that is, then I'm like, ah, red flag. <laughs> yeah. um, people sometimes are harder to, to track down. So I mm-hmm. do prefer the theater because sometimes a name is just a name, right? Yeah. You could say I worked with Raquel McKenzie, but they're like, okay, well, who's Raquel? Right. Oh, mm-hmm. well, she directs for this company, this company, this company. I'm like, oh, well, we know those companies. Mm-hmm. So above all, make sure it's organized. And when you get to your special skills, be able to do the special skills. Mm-hmm. And back when we were doing like in-person, you know, regularly before 2020, I used to ask people to like do things off their special skills. Oh, you can do five, di- and I'm a dialect queen. So I'm like, oh, you do five dialects. All right, let's see them all. Start <laughs> your monologue and transition and do all five dialects. Oh, you can juggle. Mm, here's a, my <laughs> shoe. And here's <laughs> another shoe. Now let's see a juggle. <laughs> If you say you can do backflips, I'm going to want to see the backflip. Mm-hmm. If you can play an instrument, I'm going to want to see you play the instrument. Yeah. So if you can't like even sort of do it, take it off. Of your... I used to have violin on my resume. It has been too long since I played the violin. Mm-hmm. And now I wear fake nails and you can't play the violin with nails. So I just took it off my resume. I'm like the day I take the nails off and I get back to it, I will put it back on. But I know I can't play it well at this moment. So I don't have it on there. It's just, it's just fluff. We don't want fluff. We want quality over quantity. Or just be super honest. Like, like I have ukulele on my resume, but it very specifically says beginner. Like it does not (laughs) say like, I can play ukulele well. Like (laughs) if you really, really, really need me to play ukulele, fine. Yeah. (laughs) I will do that. But I'm not like a ukulele player. Like, so don't just like put guitar because then we're going to presume you can play guitar really well. You can put Mm -hmm. like like uh beginner lessons in guitar or something like Mm -hmm. that means that you can hold a guitar and you can play some things and if you just need me to like you know play a character that looks like I know how to play guitar like I can get my way through but I'm not like an actor musician you know so I think that you can put you just need to be honest. Like you can say, I've begun to learn to juggle. I'm not like a professional clown, but like <laughs> I can kind of, you know, work my way around, you know, things like that. Or like be very honest. Be very specific I've and honest. People yeah. that, you know, even if you're like, oh, I don't have as much experience, you know, honestly, sometimes you don't need experience. If you're right for the role and you're good, I'm gonna hire you. Yeah. You know, I don't care if you just got out of college or you've been acting for 20 years. If you're good and you fit the role. And, you know, we get you housing and the money works. <laughs> I am going to hire you. Um, so don't be so worried about trying to impress me with a resume. Um, because I'm, I want you to impress me with you, you know, with <laughs> your performance. Um, especially in the room. Like, I'm always looking for people to be engaging. I know that's something that 
I don't know if you talked about in the last episode about in your audition. I just want you to be engaging. I want to see that you know what you're talking about. You know who you're talking to. And that it doesn't sound like you're just saying lines. Words, yeah. um, the biggest thing that'll kill your audition is putting too many beats or pauses in between your lines and words. Oh, oh, the <laughs> amount of beat. You can suck that take out. Yeah. The house in that beat, okay? <laughs> Unnecessary. It kills your momentum. It kills the energy. Um, if you're being contemplative, that's one thing. But every line should not be like that. Right. You have to earn, earn that your pauses. Yeah. yeah. Earn those pauses. Earn the pauses, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's really good advice. Yeah. That's really good advice. Okay. Any any other like big high level audition tips before we move on to other fun stuff? So um, just to reiterate as far as resumes, also be specific. Like you said, beginner, piano player or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. People love to put um, dialects or accents on their mm. resumes. And as a stickler, and you will find some sticklers like me out there, please be specific. Nothing pains me more than hearing, like, than reading someone put, like, Southern or, like, British mm-hmm. or African. Don't not do that. Specific Take enough. it off. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Because when I, on my resume and when I do dialect, I put Southern in brackets. I put Augusta, Georgia. Yeah. Because Augusta, Georgia is different from Atlanta, Georgia, which mm-hmm. is different from Savannah, Georgia. Right. Now, most people are not that, like specific right but at least put georgia or alabama Mm -hmm. if you're going saying africa there's a way difference between Mm -hmm. east africa and west africa and nigeria and kenya they do not sound the same zimbabwe completely different so at the very least give a region and try to at least narrow it down to you know nigerian or Alabama versus, oh, this yeah. is my African dialect right. or my Southern dialect. Because even Be within specific. British, you have Cockney, you have RP, like they're different. But like are even you doing- further, there's Manchester and Essex. <laughs> and some people might just call that, they might just say that's all just Cockney or mm-hmm. that's all just, you know, you know, whatever it is. But there is a very specific difference between Essex and even the way the E's and the A sound in them mm-hmm. um, and the R's like, it is very different. And so if you are going to do these dialects, and there are resources online too. Don't listen to everybody on YouTube because mm-hmm. not everybody knows what they're doing. But they're like <laughs> actual legitimate resources online that will give you what it sounds like for a woman in her 30s who lives in Manchester but who was born in Jamaica sounds like. That's crazy. That is a, it, yeah, and it's, it's amazing. So make sure you just do your research. Because the last thing we need is like a caricature yeah. of a group of people. I know that can be like fun and cute sometimes, but there's sometimes it's just like, all right, this is a little too much. Sometimes I don't... it's not fun and cute. Also, it's not. Yeah. Also that. <laughs> yeah. I think that if anyone's interested in the website, there's a really cool website called Idea. It's the International Database of English I think it's either archives or accents. I forget what what the A stands for. Yeah, If you look it up, the International Database of English Accents, it's so cool because it's actual people from those regions speaking. And they'll even have it by age group, by Mm -hmm. occupation. And then they all use the same script. It's called Mm -hmm. Comma Gets a Cure. And it's about a goose (laughs) who goes to the vet. And they have, so you can look at the script um, you can download the script and then you can hear someone in that dialogue say, dialect say the script. And the idea is that the story covers every single possible sound. 
So that's why it's just like this silly little song about, you know, it's like Sarah was a veterinarian. Yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah, like yeah. really, but um, but it's super cool and it's really fun and it's a great way for like uh, you know, theater people to totally nerd out about accents. Yeah. But oh, if yeah. you're like I, you know, if you feel confident about accents too, I would say maybe putting down, you know, like I do a Southern dialect Georgian you know, but you could put something on your, on your resume too, about like, feel confident acquiring. Yeah. Like picks up accents. Well, some people are really good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Would, you know, do Manchester Cockney would feel comfort, would feel confident learning, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, Essex or, you know, Liverpool or whatever it is. Oh yeah. I agree. I love that resource. I have it saved on my computer. It's amazing. And if you have one, a book, there's one called Speak with Distinction by Skinner. It is amazing. I still have it. I've been out of college <laughs> for a little while, but <laughs> I still have it. I still pull it open. IPA will save your life. If you can learn IPA, um, the International Phonetic Alphabet, and you can transcribe. Once you can do that, literally, you can learn any dialect or speak any language. It is amazing. Raquel, how do you feel about people doing a monologue for an audition in a different dialect whether or not there might be a show in that season that has it or not i am so ex i'm so excited you said (laughs) this because for the first time ever in my life i actually did this i did it twice um so uh, i normally say stray away from it unless you have mastered that dialect and you want to show that you have something that other people don't. Mm-hmm. I did this for my grad school audition because I was like, dialects are my thing. Um, so I wanted <laughs> to like show a little bit. And then for the audition I had last weekend, I also, the one where I thought I did terribly and they were like, oh my God, we all loved you. I did it because the playwright was the same playwright of a show that they were doing. And I've done multiple shows, but it's Lynn Nottage. I'm just going to say it's Lynn Nottage, whatever. Um, we all know, anyone who's known me knows I love Lynn Nottage. And so I did a monologue from Ruined and that called for a specific African dialect. Now, I like to do East African specifically where Kenya is on that uh, region. I only did it because I have studied it. I have worked very hard at it. And I know that it is going to sound the way it's supposed to sound. And I wanted to show that not only do I want to, I can, I've mastered this language or this dialect, that this role is similar to the role in the show that you are casting. And it's by the same author. And you can also see my range. And then I did another one. It was Shakespeare and it was more like a younger range. So I kind of gave them a little bit to go from. Normally I would say if it's not something you can do in your sleep. If it's something that someone from that place may say, hmm, what is that? What are you doing? <laughs> If that's the case, don't do it. Yeah, It'll be a disservice. But if it's pretty spot on, if you're at least 90%, then do it because then it's, it, I mean, it's a good flex to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. A lot of people can't do that. And the the average ear won't be able to tell that you're only at 80 or 90%. Right. But you run the risk that there's someone in the room who will call you out if they know it. Yeah. So tread lightly. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're doing Shakespeare, please don't do British accents. Uh, mm. Any sort of British anything when you're doing Shakespeare. Oh, that is played out. Please don't do it. We do not need it. <laughs> Unless they're like, we're also doing Oscar Wilde. Then yeah, like do a piece right. in, in RP or whatever. But like, like, that's only if that's in their season. 
Right. You know? But people tend to want to lean. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I prefer for my Shakespeare to be conversational. Mm-hmm. Like, talk to me like it's 2023. Mm-hmm. And that's how I know if you know it or not. Right. Because we can always like, you know, bourgeoisie it up. <sighs> but let's see if you can talk to us regular folks in like 2023. Because yeah. our audiences need to know what you're saying. One of the one of the worst things you can do accent wise in an audition is not be able to drop an accent. So the number of times that mm-hmm. I've had someone audition for Shakespeare and me say, uh, can you do it again without the British accent? And for them to say, you know, oh, sure. And then go ahead and do it again in a British accent or to tell me, oh, I practiced it in a British accent and I can't drop the accent. Yeah. That is a huge fail so like Mm -hmm. if you practice your piece in an accent for an audition you need to practice it without the accent too yeah if I need to know that you have control over Mm -hmm. doing or not doing an accent and I can't tell you the number of times I've auditioned someone specifically for Shakespeare who can't do the piece without an accent yeah Mm. yikes yikes yeah. <laughs> don't, do it. don't do it such good advice well yeah. we're um lowish on time so i would love to okay. jump over thanks for all that great stuff i want to discuss really quick our spring play um yeah. that you are producing slash starring in slash doing a lot of things for called yeah. single black female by lisa b thompson so can you tell us a little bit about it when it opens um what the show is about and how people can come see it for sure i'm super excited oh my god i just got chilled um because <laughs> obviously like the being a producer is like so incredible but like such hard work and mm-hmm. it's like a labor of love but i so just believe in this so much um i won't i won't go on and on but mm-hmm. <laughs> um so single black female it opens may 12th in phoenix at the Ooh. phoenix youth hostel in downtown phoenix and then we'll be at the cca the weekend of may 19th um, and in so Flagstaff. it's going for two weekends yeah. in Flagstaff. That's right. We're, I was gonna say bi-coastal, we're bi-cityal. Bi-mountainal? Um, <laughs> bi-mountainal. Bi-valvial. And oh, that doesn't work. Bi-valvial? Like, I, it was like bi-valley. Oh, I was like, I, the what? connection was in my mind and I didn't. I liked anyway, it. I just had to check on it. I was like, wait a minute. I had to speak through it. Bi-local. 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 There we go. Uh, So the show uh, examines these two women and it's like a rapid fire commentary or uh, comedic vignette of their lives as 30 something black women, a middle-class women in America. They're searching for love. They talk about shopping. They talk about work. They talk about dating. They talk about interracial dating. They talk about wounds from childhood and girlhood Um, And they talk about what it is to be a professional woman Mm. and a middle-class woman while also searching for love. And so you get this very uh, specific and poignant look at this life that many women, myself included, do face in America. Mm -hmm. And you get more of like an understanding. And it's it's funny because even though their lives are very much like Black women, there are still things where when you watch it, you're like, oh, I feel that. Like, I get that. I get what it's like to be searching for love or to be a professional woman and just wanting to also find love, but not wanting to lose that part of me as well. Uh, they also, you know, they also joke about themselves because sometimes you gotta laugh to keep them crying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so they poke fun at themselves. They talk about hair, which is a huge thing in the black community. 
um, whether it's straight, whether it's kinky, whether it's lots, whether it's braids, you know, what's professional, what's not, which somehow is still, even today, an ongoing yeah. conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so you get a look into the life. And I say to people that, you know, I have a lot of friends that want to understand, they want to understand. I'm like, here it is. Somebody did the work. Um, they wrote out what life is like for a lot of us. And, you know, again, this is, these are two stories, two women. And even though there's going to be other exceptions to the rule, a lot of what Lisa has put into this script um, exemplifies our life and what we've gone through. And there's one, I'm actually going to read it. There's one statistic at the beginning. And I, I can't remember when this play um, was published, but I know this percent is still the same today. And it says the marriage rate for white women is 76% higher than the rate for black women. Whoa. And that's, 41.9% of Black women in America have never been married. Wow. And this story or this play kind of walks us through why that is and the desirability of Black women and how we are one of the least desired of all of the women. Hmm. And this idea of when a Black woman does want to marry a Black man, but they also do not find Black women desirable and what that's like. And what it's like to date outside of your race and what sort of backlash you also get mm. as a black, black woman for that. And so it's these heavy, heavy topics, but they do it in a comedic way, way, which is really nice. Yeah, it's very fun. It's very at the like, at the shop, getting your hair done, getting your nails <laughs> done kind of uh, um, commentary. Yeah. And because it's two women in a scene, let's say they have a flashback, one woman plays the other character that happened in the story mm -hmm. while one woman plays herself. Okay. And they kind of go back and forth between that and like our healthcare system and what happens when you go to the doctor sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's just yeah. such a beautiful, well-crafted play that examines that life. Oh, amazing. Can't wait to see it. Yeah. yeah. And um, by the time this episode drops, it'll drop, you know, third Sunday of April. Um, by yeah. then, tickets should be available. Mm -hmm. um, and like Raquel said, it is running in two cities, both Phoenix and Flagstaff, which we've never done before. So we are experimenting, <laughs> seeing yeah. how that goes. So that's exciting. Uh, so yeah. if you are honestly anywhere in Arizona, you kind of don't have an excuse not to see this one. Because even if <laughs> you're in true. Tucson, you're only a you know an hour away. If you're in Sedona, you have two options. You're right in the middle. Yeah. Anyway, you got some options here. So <laughs> I'm really excited about it. And it's only a two-hander as Raquel mentioned and who mm -hmm. is your um scene your show partner oh so I'll be with Sunita agent Woo. we will be playing alongside each other for this Yay. uh I'm super excited uh I think we're going to like shred this thing as yes. girls say we're going to eat it up leave <laughs> no crumbs um <laughs> you have and it's oh, it's only 90 minutes so it, it, it's short it's sweet it's two people it's kind of minimalistic so you're going to just get the, the, the commentary, you're going to get the words, you're going to get us, and we're going to leave everything else outside. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a great time. And it's being directed by Bray Lawrence, who directed yes. our production of Crumbs last spring. Yes, indeed. So that is exciting. Um, which is up for a Viola oh, nomination. Yeah, that's um, yes, yes. for Viola. Which that's tomorrow, not tomorrow, the day after. So Saturday. we'll see how it goes. Yeah. We'll see you at the Violas. Well, it'll have passed by now. But anyway, <laughs> by the time this drops. Um, but yay. Okay, anything else you want to tell the, the Shrew crew about single Black female? 
Um, just come out and support art. Uh, obviously, it's different. It's not Shakespeare, but it is still well written and it is musical and it is poetry. So basically, it is Shakespeare. Uh, <laughs> so come out and support support us doing something new. Yeah. Um, and let let us know that yeah, we are going in the right direction, trying new things, and really trying to tell different stories. Yeah. Yay! Ooh, how exciting. Well, I cannot wait to see it. I'm super excited. Um, and True Crew, please come out and see it. We'd love to see you there. Um, my last question for you is, I just want to know about your confidence, my gal. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what I admire so much about you, you always say this. You say, I'm a straight shooter. You say things like they are. You do not care what other people think. You are just unapologetically yourself. And I just think we all need a little bit of that. And how do you do that? <laughs> Tell uh, me. You know, you know what? Here's the secret. Well, number one, it takes time. Um, it takes time. And people, I don't, maybe people don't know this, but I'm much harder than on myself than anyone mm. else could be. Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't care what anyone thinks. I'm like, <laughs> you can say whatever myself for all of my life. Mm, <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I model. So I'm up against people that are younger and thinner than me. I'm an actor dancer, like mm-hmm. all the things where you can have body image issues, all the things where it's like, oh, I'm a woman. Oh, I am black. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm an immigrant. Oh, I've, I've already all lived that life. <laughs> all of the things. All of them. <laughs> so, so I'm like, you could say that now, but been there, done that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've said all the things I've said, oh, I'm so fat. And this is when I was already 20 pounds lighter than I am now. Mm-hmm. So, and it's, and it's, it's a hard situation because I know there's some sort of like, no, you're not. You just ate your meals today. Yeah. <laughs> um, or this person is 18 and you're not like, <laughs> it's okay. Um, so my biggest thing is like telling yourself that you are good enough, even when you don't feel good enough. Mm-hmm. So it's like, cause there's sometimes I wake up, I'm like, Oh my God, I look like a toe. Like <laughs> the worst. <laughs> Heather all their mornings. And then I'll put on like a cute outfit. Like I am known to get mm-hmm. dressed. Okay. Yes. I am known to put on an outfit and just go outside <laughs> mm-hmm. because that alone <laughs> makes me feel good. And yeah. sometimes you just got to put on something really nice on a Wednesday, put on your heels on a Wednesday, put on that fancy dress, put on some Ooh. red lipstick, Yeah, like... put on some red lipstick. Who is going to tell you anything otherwise? And you have to look in the mirror and just be like, man, I am cute. <laughs> <laughs> I am fine. I am gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Look at me. Oh my God, my hair is thick and luxurious. My skin is clear. And sometimes even if you don't feel good, there's always going to be something good about you that day. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I am so tired. There are bags under my eyes, but man, my skin is clear. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I don't want to go work out, but I went and worked out and I'm a boss because I did that. Mm-hmm. I still did it even though I didn't want to. And it's more so this, the positive self-talk. Mm-hmm. And replacing the negative self-talk and the negative negativity out there. Because mm-hmm. one thing I've realized, and I've done this myself, and the reason I'm a straight shooter is because I'm also honest with myself. Mm-hmm. There are times where I've been jealous of other people and I was like hating on them. And I was like, oh, it's because I'm jealous. Like, I don't like this girl because I'm literally jealous. jealous. Her, yeah. And I'm like, okay, why am I jealous? I'm jealous because like, I have someone I went to school with who did like a major movie. And I was like, you, I don't even want to watch that. I'm not even going to like, I'm just going to, I'm not going to go see that. And I was like, wait, but I liked her in the past. Why do I not like her now? And I'm like, oh, 
I'm jealous because I want that. To, I want to be her in this moment, right? Not knowing what she went through, not knowing what the experience is like. I just see what I see on the outside and I want that. And so now I need to check that. So that's a thing that you have to, I think, realize that there are, when we do feel negative about certain things, it's because either we're jealous of someone else. It's something we want to be doing better. Um, it's something that's hard. And sometimes you literally have to push through to the other side while also giving yourself grace, mm -hmm. which sounds counterintuitive to be like, hey, I realize that I have gained weight since COVID. I realize that I want to lose weight. However, me talking bad about myself is not going to make me lose weight. Right. Mm -hmm. So instead today, I'm going to make the choice today to go to the gym. I'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. But today we're going to go to the gym tomorrow. We'll figure it out. And so it just really comes with time and sometimes faking it until you make it <laughs> and realizing that no matter how good or bad you're doing, people are going to see what they see. Yeah. Like people thought I was rich when I was really poor, yeah. like <laughs> poor, poor. <laughs> and it's because my public face sometimes is different than my private face. Like I am not necessarily going to be like, Oh, I'm sad because I want to like get this thing or I'm tired of eating rice and beans this week or whatever. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just have to work hard until you can finally live the life that you decided you want for yourself. Yeah. And that's what I'm constantly doing. Um, that's also why this is probably also a terrible, terrible advice coming in. Uh, this is also why I spend my money. I just want to, I just want people to know terrible advice. I spend my money because I'm like, I know what it's like to not have money. And so I'm not afraid of that life. Yeah. <laughs> Again, been there, done that. Um, I am spending the money because I want to live a life yeah. where I like living life. Yeah. Many of us do not like living life Yeah. and we have lost people because of it. And it is hard. And if I can make life a little less hard for me and anyone else near me, mm -hmm. I am going to do that. I have to also remember that like people sometimes are going through things that I don't understand or I don't even know and to try to grant grace. Mm -hmm. And the more I give to other people, I feel like the more I'm going to get back. Like I know I'm going to be blessed because I'm going to give to people. The more I, you know, I throw a party, I invite people over. I'm like, don't bring anything. I'm providing food and providing beverages. There's going to be a photo booth. You'll get a gift bag on the way out. <laughs> and I know at some point it's going to come back to me when I say, Hey babe, I'm going to go feed the homeless. Are you coming? He's like, yep, let's go. I don't need to be like, Oh, can I afford to spend this? Let's just spend it. Let's just spend it because I'm not out on the street. I do live in a home that is my own, you know, with a car that I can drive and not everyone has that. So I can afford to just go. I'm like, I'm going to go buy all of the sandwiches and all of the pizza and all of the water. And I'm going to, at least for one day a month, I'm going to give to you because I know it's going to come back. And the more we give, and I, I feel like for me, that's part of like my Christian upbringing yeah. um, about like being selfless and about um, giving to others. And as much as I, you know, want to give to myself and feel good. I feel amazing after I give to others. Mm -hmm. I feel better than, oh, I go to the gym or I put on a cute outfit. I feel better giving to others. Like, ah, oh, amazing. I can't wait to do that again.
So, and I think that's another energy. way to like yeah. kind of up that confidence. Focusing your energy on those who need it um, actually brings you an energy within yourself that exudes joy and happiness and confidence because you are, yeah, you, it's almost like if you kind of take the, you're taking the pressure off of yourself and like focusing on someone mm-hmm. else in a way. And that sort of yeah. gives you a moment to like think about someone else and, it kind of makes you glow from the inside out sort of like in a different way. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's all, it's, I, it's not one thing or the other, but it's definitely serving people. Please serve people. I don't care where it is. I don't care if you do it by yourself or with a group, go serve people. Um, also serve yourself, take time to mm-hmm. give yourself an at-home facial, you know, uh, lay down and meditate, go for a walk, mm-hmm. eat something nice, look in the mirror and be like, Girl, you are pretty. Yeah. Oh, you're pretty. That <laughs> oh, is so fair. <laughs> you gotta do that. You know, yeah. all of these things where you um speak positive into yourself. And when someone hits you, and this is the true test, when somebody hits you with the negativity, mm. what do you do when that happens? This is the test of your confidence. Yeah. When they hit you with that negativity, do you retaliate? Do you cut them down? Because I used to do that. Oh, I I mean, the fact, you know, I'm straight shooter. So I used to be then too, and I used to cut people down. And I was like, I don't need to do that because if I know who I am, baby, you're just hurt. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I'm just going to let you deal with that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to just stay over here. I'm going to say, God bless you. And I'm going to move on. I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to move on. (laughs) I'm going to wish you well. And I'm going to move on because I can't also carry your burdens on top of healing myself from my, my own burdens, (laughs) you know, I can't carry everyone's burden, but I can wish you well. And that's a type of peace that you get through practice. Yeah. I have bad road rage. I'll be driving. Someone cuts me off and I'm like, I clench the like yeah. steering wheel and I shake it. I'm like, mm. I'm like, God bless you. Cause you yeah. must be in a hurry. Yeah. You have got to be in a hurry. Going somewhere important. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to let you go. Yeah. Yeah. Something That's that I'm great. trying to learn is that, um, it's not my responsibility to make everybody like me and mm. like, wow, has that been a really big lesson Good. the last few years for me? Because I am the kind of person that I want everybody to like me. Like it's not all my responsibility yeah. and not everyone will like me. You cannot be everybody's cup of tea because <laughs> some people like coffee. So it's just the way it is, you know, like you can't, you can't please yeah. everybody and you don't want to please everybody because like not everyone has good taste. Yeah. No, <laughs> also yeah. that, yeah. Like, you yeah. know, like you can't be everyone's yeah. taste because not everyone has good taste. <laughs> that is so true. And then you also lose yourself because yeah. I, before I became the person that was like, this is who I am. I would try to like shape shift for people mm-hmm. and I was unhappy. And then the people were still unhappy. And I was like, if you're going to hate me, at least hate me for who I really am. Yeah. Not for who I'm pretending to be. Yeah, for my like, yeah. So, And it's hard to be unapologetically yourself. It's hard to just always keep it real and be a straight shooter. Cause you are, you don't want to hurt people's feelings. And I definitely don't want to hurt people's feelings. Cause there's no ill intent. Right. But I don't want to put on a facade. Yeah. I don't want you to not know who I am for good or for bad. Yeah. I want someone to say, Oh, Raquel did this and have that person be like, Oh yeah, she probably did. Or no, that's not Raquel because people know me that well that they're like, Oh, Raquel would never do that. She may say this, but she would not say that because she is a straight shooter and she's always herself. And I think if we all can kind of just embrace that a little bit more, 
it takes off a little bit stress because Mm -hmm. then people know you for who you truly are Mm -hmm. and they either accept that or don't. And if they don't, then that's not really your problem. Well, they can choose to be in your sphere or not. Like you don't need to be my best friend if you don't like what I'm about. And it's the same on the convert converse Mm -hmm. where, yeah, like I also have ownership and like, oh, maybe that person's not my cup of tea. Okay. Like I'm moving on too. Mm. So it's like that give and take or that like, yeah, it's not just like, I need, yeah, yeah. Like, no, no, like I, I can choose too Mm -hmm. type thing. Yeah. I get to be selective of who I click protect as well yeah protect your energy i give my energy too yeah yeah people will also come in your circle to disrupt everything that you are building Hmm. just so they can do that like with ill intent Mm -hmm. and sometimes you don't see it coming because you know i used to be like oh everyone's nice and everyone means me well until (laughs) until i was like oh okay so i guess that's not true all the time yeah um no. so you have to protect the people you let into your into your or protect yourself and protect your sphere so you don't get thrown off of your pedestal because i do like to say you are a queen whether you believe it or not like or a king or what you know or whatever you know a duke whatever you want to be <laughs> you you do get to decide that i am on my throne And I am here to be a good person and to live the life that I choose to live and be authentically myself without someone trying to like disrupt your peace. Mm. You know, Um, we should hold ourselves to that standard of, no, I'm going to live this life and not in like a condescending, like I'm above you. You're all like my minions Mm -hmm. or something in a way that I respect myself so highly. I won't allow you to disturb my peace. Right. Absolutely. Oh, damn. Look at you go. <laughs> yes. And when you joined, when you joined the team, that's really what you brought. You brought like a, um, a sense of like evenness, you know, like a sense of stability, a sense of, um, I mean, yeah, straight shooter, like the sense, like you're that person that like when things do get touchy feely, like Raquel says it like it is, but she also says it with grace, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and I think that's at least personally what I've been trying to learn from you is like you sometimes do need to say the hard stuff. Like not everything's always going to be easy and things do get touchy feely and sometimes there is confrontation and sometimes things suck, but you say it with grace, you say it the best way you can and you say it as honestly as you can, but with love and with the intention of making it better, you know, and trying to solve the issue. Um, not with ill intent, uh, but like looking at a person as a human and looking them straight in the eye and being honest and yeah. I just love yeah, that about being you. a human. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, Raquel, it was so lovely to have you on. Yes. And Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm so glad you are our first repeat guest. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I'm just really hoping people come see Single Black Female in May. And uh, yeah, if you keep auditioning for Flag Shakes, you're going to see Raquel on the other side of the table. And again, yes, yes. give her some time. She's working through yes. things. Give me some <laughs> it's, time, it's the please. busy season. It's the busy season. I mean, by the time this drops, we probably will be a little bit closer to being cast, but yeah. you do have a lot to do. Yeah. Oh, so much. Oh, so much. Yeah. Um, Raquel, how can people find you or oh, follow you, work with you, work et cetera? With you. Yeah. Oh man. Well, um, well, I'm on Instagram. That's number one at Kells Broadway. That's K E L L Z Broadway, like the street. 
Uh, I post a lot of shenanigans on there. I also travel a lot. So you'll see some of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Also at Facebook, it's just Raquel M. McKenzie. I have all my theater things on there. Um, My website is RaquelMcKenzie.org. That's R-A-C-Q-U-E-L (laughs) McKenzie.org. And then um, obviously you'll see me as single and one of the single black females (laughs) in in May. Come up to me afterwards. Let's chit chat. There might be wine, you know, so that's good. Um, I'm also Single working with female. Drunk Shake <laughs> Just kidding. Um, down in Phoenix, where I'm playing Lady Macbeth at the Rose Theater, Ooh. and sometimes I'm playing Macbeth as well. So yeah, and you can come get up you to a me woman there. who can do both. Yeah. <laughs> get you a woman who can do both, Becky. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, if you have any inquiries about casting or anything like that through Flag Shakes, you can find me at rmckenzie at flagshakes.org. Yeah. Yeah, Look forward to seeing all your beautiful faces. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this month's episode of Untamed Shrews. I'm Becky. And I'm Hannah. Join us next time in May for an episode with Eric C. Peterson, a Flag Shakes acting alum who is currently on Broadway in Cursed Child. Follow Untamed Shrews on our Instagram at Untamed Shrews Podcast and on the Flag Shakes website. All episodes of Untamed Shrews can be found wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on sunsounds.org and the Flag Shakes youtube please subscribe to the podcast leave us a review put us in your instagram stories donate at flagshakes.org slash donate become a podcast sponsor and buy shrew crew merch (laughs) help support the shrew crew this episode of untamed shrews starring don tucker becky zaritsky hannah fonts and raquel mckenzie show art by calliope ludecker podcast theme song by Caden slam podcast produced and edited by me hannah fonts presented by flagstaff shakespeare festival and recorded with sun sounds of arizona special thanks to our audio engineer gina byers bye, bye. thanks for kale yay thank you <laughs>